Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Hey everybody, it is time for Not Just Blowing Smoke, coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Headquarters in Hooksett, New Hampshire. Be sure to subscribe to us right here on Facebook or YouTube, wherever you're watching us live. If you're listening to us after the fact on Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, Google, or wherever you get your podcast from, make sure you subscribe to us there so you don't ever miss a thing. I'm Pastor Padrone. I'm here with my co-hosts, Paul, Pat, and Dave. Hello. And tonight we are talking about this year's Toast Across America Pack, an annual release from the Fuente and Newman factories that benefits the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which serves the children and families in the Dominican Republic. There are two cigars that come in this pack. Uh, they are both this year Sharks which is a box-pressed torpedo. One is an Opus X, which, uh, let's see, what? who's smoking the Opus? I am. Paul and Pat are smoking the Opus. Uh, Dave and I are both smoking the other one, the Julius Caesar. Sharky. Uh, and um, let me see. What can I tell you about these cigars? Um, I was not able to find a lot about the Opus Shark, you know, contents, you know, wrapper, binder, filler. Is it all undisclosed, Pat? It's, I know it's a Rosado something, but I don't know where it's... I wasn't so, ever able to find out where it was from. It's a Rosado shade-grown wrapper, and then it is, I believe... From where? Do you know? The Dominican. Dominican. And then it's Dominican binder and filler. Yep. It's a, um, it's a Puro. It's a Puro. Okay. The Julius Caesar Shark... Has an Ecuadorian wrapper, and uh, then binder and filler from Dominican, and they're both um, five and a five eighths inches long, box pressed with a fifty four ring gauge on them. Uh, they're both very rare cigars that you only see occasionally, and frankly, most often in these uh, Toast Across America packs. This is the third or fourth time it's been this particular pairing, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So what are we pairing with this before we get into things tonight? All right. Om noms. So I was out to dinner with Nicole the other night. That's nice. For mm. her birthday. Oh, she's 30? Yeah. 28. Again. Oh, 28. <laughs> 28 again. Smart. Yeah, That's what she told me when uh, I first met her. She's been 28 ever since. Um, and uh, we were sitting at the bar, and I was kind of scanning the shelf uh, where they keep all the liquor and just trying to figure out what I wanted to drink. And... I happened to eyeball this bottle here. Um, it's the Glen Morangie 12 Year La Santa mm. Sherry Cask Straight Scotch Whiskey. Ooh. Really, really delightful. nice. Yeah, the, the, the bottle caught my eye. Um, I asked for a glass. 
Um, I thought it was it was very very smooth. A little bit of spice, nice orangey walnut. Mm. Um, you know, a little bit of uh, spice with the, uh, in the in the back part, but I thought it would go really really nice with both cigars tonight. Mm -hmm. So um, that's our pairing tonight. I want to find out from you guys what you think. So far, so good. I'm just getting into the cigar, but mm. uh, it's certainly pairing with it well right off the top. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Julius Caesar typically is uh, a little bit earthy, some coffee notes to it, a little bit of cocoa. It's very smooth. It's got a nice uh, creaminess to it. Um, the shark uh, size, you know, the box pressing of it, 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 you know, changes up the profile a little bit for me from mm -hmm. a regular you know, round mm -hmm. you know the the julius caesar um is is a great brand i i enjoy it very much um we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show which which uh he smokes them every day i don't smoke them every day but it's a treat cigar for me i enjoy them i enjoy them very much um this is a treat cigar for me the I mean, opus I, shark i'm well you, i've only had this Two other times in my life, both times were. You know, Scott has those every day. I know he's yeah. a, he's a. If you think he's a opus freak, Scott is probably two yeah. tears up. Yeah. You got mm. a ways to go, my friend. <laughs> 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 I've only had the shock twice, and and that was when when Carlito Fuente came out several years ago for the big um, opus event that we had at Twins mm -hmm. in uh, 2018, and I bought two cigars. One I had that very week and one I had the year later and uh, it aged very, very well. Um, so that was a very, very nice treat. Pat, what are your thoughts on the cigar? Stop looking at it. Like, <laughs> I was like, can I marry you? I love you too. He has to get it, per he has to get it perfect. Obviously everyone knows I love the Opus. Yes. So, um, so, I mean, the thing about Opus that I think I came to appreciate was it's a Dominican Puro, and that's really the essential reason why it's so limited, because Colito Fuente was the first person to make a Dominican Puro, because they used to say that you couldn't grow wrapper quality tobacco in the Dominican. Mm -hmm. So through my year of smoking cigars, whether it's, you know, a long time to you guys or not, to me it was, but mm -hmm. I smoked a lot in the humidor. Near as in singular. Yeah. Well, it's been a bit over a year now, but so I personally have come to love Dominican tobacco. Uh, mm -hmm. I do appreciate Nicaraguan Honduran a lot, but just the way it fits with my palate, Dominican's just there. Sure. So obviously the Opus is kind of the flagship to me. Sure. Dominican tobacco. I get that. Wrong. So with that being said, the reason why I kind of fell in love with it was because there was this nice, like the baking spice thing came from Opus. <laughs> there like, it is. The, baking the, the first time the I, BS. I, the first time I really could say baking spice was when I lit up an Opus because you have like this like ginger note, you have nutmeg, you have cinnamon, a lot of different spices. Every time you smoke an Opus, there's this like signature like Opus leather you get. Like every yeah. size Opus yep. you have, it's always that intense leather note. Has a nice body. Depending on your smoking experience, you could say it's. A medium plus to full. I think some sizes are fuller than medium plus, but it's all based on which one you have. So I, I've, I love the Opus, and I think the pairing is doing really well because I think that the, the scotches because it's it's in the Asian whiskey barrels, right? Sherry cast. Sherry, Sherry cast. Yeah. So I think that's enhancing the woody note, and then anything that complements that like leather note in the Opus is going to be a win. So I think yeah. it's doing a good job at doing that. 
What do you think, Paul? Yeah, I think so. I think the, uh, first of all, I, I agree with Pat on the baking spice, and I'm using that uh, tonight, that word is baking. I do pick up the nutmeg and the cinnamon, mm -hmm. um, a nice light cedar note, earthy, leathery, smooth. The retrohale is incredibly smooth. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm going to attribute that to the size, too, and I do agree with Pat. I've had a few other ones, the smaller ring gauge. Was it the number five, is it? The little petit crown. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And that is, has a little bit more of a punch for, for mm -hmm. me. Um, mm -hmm. So I call that more of a maybe a medium full to fuller body. This is, I'm going to say this is more like a medium plus, um, but super smooth. Uh, the the Glen Morangy uh, is complementing it perfectly. It's a complementary pairing. Uh, the spice that you get on the Glen Morangy um, is making the cigar smoother and sweeter. But at, at, on, the, on the flip side, it's actually making the uh, the Glen Morangy smoother as well. So I think the spice from the cigar um, is being slightly canceled out, but at the same time, the spice from the uh, the, the scotch is also canceling out, and both are smoothing out beautifully. Mm. Dave, what do you think of the uh, Julius Caesar and the uh, pairing there? Well, the uh, retrohale is extremely creamy. Um, I get a little mild... Um, Pepper note at the end of it. Yeah. The um, it's a uh, it's very smooth. I I to me it's kind of complex because it's it's like I'm getting like earth, some leathers, um, maybe even a little like ginger somewhere in there, but that's uh um that's what I'm getting from the cigar. The pairing I think is um. I think toned down the retro hail a little bit and smoothed it out. Um, as you can see, the burn is absolutely perfect, like you would expect. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really good. Yeah, it's a very smooth, creamy cigar. Um, I think the box press of this tends to bring out more of the cocoa notes and cut down a little bit on the coffee that I usually get off of a Julius Caesar. Mm. Um, the... Sherry notes, I think, really complement that a lot. Um, it, you know, is cutting down a little on the sweetness of the cigar, bringing out some more of the um, wood and earth notes in it for me. Uh, it's a really enjoyable pairing. Yep. Liking it a lot. So if you haven't figured it out already, um, we don't want to rush smoking through these cigars. So this is an all-cigar episode, and uh, we're just going to smoke these things, talk um, about the foundation and th that these cigars support and uh, how we can all get involved in that. And uh, so the first question here is, what exactly is the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation? You want to speak to that, Pat? Yeah, I can do my. I didn't rehearse anything before this, so it's all off of my own research in the past. But you so, said you could extensive talk about, research. You said you could I talk can, about I it can. in four hours. I could, I could. So, essentially, you have the floor, counselor. So it, it's essentially a fundraiser that was made between the Newman family and the Fuente family, and I know that it originated from their. Like they started off by doing coffee, to my knowledge, and they were doing the espresso cups, and then they would make donations through that and then it evolved into this coffin which i think 2003 was the first year mm -hmm. that they officially started doing the cigar coffins but right we'll get to it later but the coffins isn't the only way you can support the charity but that's later on but um so it, it's basically that there's 
so I know on Chatella Fuente, I know they, they expanded further than this, but um, they offer um, K through 12 schooling. They have like a kitchen there. They supply food to families. So it's really about like raising money for underprivileged children in the Dominican and giving them like an opportunity to succeed. And I, there's a bunch of other things that they've built on from those main things, though. And right. I don't know them on top of my head, but it's I was reading like a while ago about it. And they have like really like impressive facilities for these kids they like, beyond the schooling. So, yeah, it's a K through 12, like you said. And then it's uh, and, and one of the one of the impressive things is that the the dropout rate, you know, in the Dominican Republic is is wicked high. You could you can imagine. And the kids who are going to their schools, you know, the, the dropout rate is almost nothing. It's like under 2%. And so, and most of the kids are graduating and 80 some percent of them, I think, have gone on to college. And that's so in, that's impressive. That's, it's really good. And, you know, you know, the, the medical um, stuff that they offer down there, they also offer um, community building down there as well um a number of the especially these poor areas there, there's families and factions and tribal things going on that you know where you know one neighborhood won't get along with another one and they've been able to reduce crime uh, you know and really make the build up these areas where where a lot of their workers live and i i think that's really i think that's really fantastic i think the thing that is still, as the more I've learned about it, the, the one thing that keeps coming back to my, the, the forefront of what impresses me about this thing is that the Fuentes and the Newmans not only have put this together, but those families cover the administrative costs of the charity so that when a donation is made, whether it's buying one of these packs or through some other means, 100% of that money goes directly to these families and the programs that they've put together for them. And, you know, so, uh, most of these charities that you see to help people in other countries like that, somewhere between 70 and 90% of every dollar, you know, goes, makes it actually where you want it to go. The rest of it is covering the administrative costs. And the fact that the Fuentes and Newmans have taken that out of the equation is just super impressive to me so that, you know, you can know that, you know, the, the 50 bucks you pay for this pack all goes to that charity. They donate the cigars um, and the, the percentage, there's nothing added on at the, at the smoke shop for that. So 100% of the cost of this all goes to that. And I, I think that's incredible. Yeah. So that really answers what I guess is my, was my next question. How does the Toast Across America PAC benefit the foundation? It, it, when you buy one of these, you're supporting that work that they're doing down there with those families and kids. You are paying for teachers. You're paying for food. You're paying for medical care you're paying for community uh assistance and building it's fantastic stuff and um 
you know, I think they wanted to create a way for the cigar community to come together in a way that um, would really garner a lot of support and certainly creating a, a pack like this with cigars that everybody wants, the Opus X and, and uh, Diamond Crown, um, in this case, Julius Caesar, uh, you know, just gives people a natural in, you know, that they want this stuff anyway. So every fall this goes on, it's been going on since 2003, and um, uh, the work they've been doing has really been great. Now, Pat, I know you've, you're, you're a self-professed opus freak, you know, kind of like, you know, um, Christian Aroa is a self-professed germaphobe, you know. Um, <laughs> These have been coming out for a long time, and obviously there's a number of variants. That, you know, the, what's been in the package has changed from year to year. What are what are some of the other cigars that have made it into this pack? Yeah, so I have them dating back to 2006. They started at 2003. <laughs> I a were lot of them alive back then. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I was. But a lot of them were solo. I I still have a lot of them that have solo on them. But the ones that have been opened, I know that really early on. They were doing the Maximus and the Opus, and then the, the Vitola varied. The Shulks are a fairly new thing. I think that's right. within the past, like, six, five years. It, it's a fairly new thing. But back then, like, one of the cigars I have is essentially one of the BBMF sizes minus the, the fancy pigtail. But it's What's like BBMF? Big Bad Mother. Freaker. You know, like, those... Um, Point days you see that it's like those big like it's kind of like a a light bulb shaped with that mm -hmm. fancy tail that's what yeah. the bbmf is okay so it was essentially a bbmf with the like a diamond crown and an opus like the diamond crown shade and it had without the pigtail on it they've had mm -hmm. the torpedoes which is the number two size right and then the shog so it, it does vary I, I think they keep some uniformity a, a, you know a few consistent years but they always change within four to five like you know next year it could be something else but right i think recently i think five years it's been sharks and it's been the julius caesar shark and the opus shark mm -hmm. what are some of the ones that you uh have 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 any of these shapes made it outside the pack or or maybe the better way to put that question is are there cigars that have only been available in the pack to be honest, I think all the ones, so I have ones I haven't opened yet that have different sizes in them, but the ones that I've seen, even what you would call the number two, which is like the Torpedo mm -hmm. Opus, that was still a unique size compared to what it usually is. So I don't actually think that regular production wise, any of those cigars have been, because I know you can get sharks, you know, regularly, but it's not regularly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? regularly but not so like, for instance like with with opus especially you have like the core line and then you have the more rare cigars which is some of the stuff we're going to have at twins but it's like the blues and everything so the mm -hmm. shark isn't something that you can know when it's coming out like when when it's out you're like wow that's out it's yeah. not a planned thing and it's a very limited release so I so I guess the better way to say is all the cigars that are in the coffin are always just limited releases, whether it's in the coffin or it's just produced outside of the coffin. Right, and that's one of the that's one of the the ways they're they're really encouraging people to to 
get the pack is to get the cigar that you just can't get any other way, any other time. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's why I think it speaks to what they're doing with this pack too, because you know, you, you could just throw any Opus in there, or any JC Newman cigar and it, you know, people might still buy it, but they, I think that they've put the best of their work in this coffin. So they really mm-hmm. like can get people to enjoy it and then want to go out and, and support it, you know? So I, I think they do a really good job by, bringing out the best that both companies have to be able to go towards this cause. Now, this raises the question to how did the Fuentes and Newmans get together? Do you know? Yeah. So Fuente. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> JC Newman, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Cause this is all just off of my past research, but um, JC Newman was a, a, I would say the biggest, that might be wrong, but they were mm-hmm. a very large distributor in America. Yep. And then obviously Fuente was a very large tobacco grower. So J.C. Newman originally didn't have their own premium cigar, and then Fuente didn't have a means of distributing in the United States. So they just did a simple handshake deal. There was no express contract, no implied. It's, it was just handshake. And Fuente would give J.C. Newman the top 2% of their crop in exchange for them to distribute their product in the United States. And then that's where J.C. Newman's line came from. It's from Fuente's top 2% of their tobacco. And that's where um, Fuente was able to be distributed in America. Right, right. And it's in in the uh, um, J.C. Newman factory uh, in Tampa, there's a picture hanging of that handshake. And that's that's the only document that there is of this whole thing. Is that, so 100 years ago, Julius Caesar Newman and Senior Fuente, I can't remember his first name at the time. Do you? Arturo Fuente or Don Carlos? Well, that's the thing. I don't know which one. It would be Don Carlos. Don Carlos Fuente. Carlito's father. Yeah. Um, shook hands. And the whole thing is you know today is garnered just on that handshake and that that's fantastic yeah especially you know? someone being in law school and knowing how wrong that is you know like it's the fact that because if one party wanted to just get out of it they could because there's no means of keeping them in it right so that speaks to their relationship well back then there was this thing called a man's word you know it doesn't matter in court though yeah but it matters to the man his word is his bond yep Yep, it's stronger than oak. Yep, I think. It's I hope awesome. it's stronger than oak. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yep, very very good. Um, getting into into before we get into some other questions, mm. what are people thinking about the the cigar and the pairing now? Now that we're about an inch or so into it. Have things opened up for you? Is it staying the same? Are are there any change-ups? Are you still enjoying it? I, Obviously, I, it looks like everybody's is burning great. Oh, mm-hmm. well, first of all, the construction is just phenomenal. I mean, I haven't ashed it at all. I think Pat hasn't ashed his at all. Uh, have you guys ashed yours? I've I just, ashed mine. Okay. I just right. did, so yeah. Pat and I are holding on to our ashes here. But, I mean, construction-wise, it's phenomenal. Um, the... The cigar I'm actually getting, and and again I go back to some uh, some of the uh, Opus fans, what they say they really love about the cigar, and it's that caramel flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, there's one particular person who just loves it because of that, and I'm actually getting 
that caramel flavor right now. I wasn't getting it in the beginning, um, but I think I am getting it now. The pairing is going phenomenally well. Mm. I think it's pulling out a lot more of the natural sweetness of the cigar, that nice caramel flavor, nice earthy. Uh, the leather notes are still there. But again, the cigar is making the drink a lot more smoother too. You think the cigar is smoothing out the drink? Smoothing out the drink, and the drink is smoothing out the cigar. Absolutely. It's a perfect pairing for me. What do you think, Pat? You're smoking the same cigar there. So I would concur with Paul. So the thing about Opus is in the first inch of every core line size I've had, you kind of get the characteristics of that volcanic soil in the Dominican, and it's always like a nice spice bomb. You get like all sorts of baking spice, mm -hmm. and it's like a lot of body to it. But after that inch goes by, the spice settles down, and that's where that caramel and that sweetness comes out forward. And I usually interpret it more of like a rum cask type sweetness, but mm. caramel makes sense to me as well. But mm. so, and I'm just getting into that now. And it's actually the pairings becoming even better in the, after the first inch, because now it's really complementing that sweetness. It's enhancing that leather note. It's blending that, like that nice woody and earth note. So, so far I'm like loving the pairing. Now, do you drink scotch at all? Yeah, so I um I usually have I think it was Glenfiddich fourteen. Glenfiddich fourteen. Yeah, that was the one that I had and that I thought was a really really nice pairing because it has a little bit of peat to it, but it's very smooth, and that to me is like a really really good opus pair. Any Scotch can go with an opus. Any rum can go with an opus within yeah. reason. Yeah. Like if you have like a Augbag 10, for instance, I think that's a little bit too rough and it kind of takes away from the Opus. But, you know, th there's a lot of spirits you can pair with this just because of how much complex uh, complexity there is to it and how much body there is to it. But What are you guys thinking? Well, for me, it's um, from my original thing. Now I'm getting like a really smooth cocoa mm -hmm. and the retro hail is like a really smooth, uh, like mild white pepper. And that's what I'm left with my mouth feel is that white pepper. I can taste it on the back of my tongue. Um, and it's um, pairing really well with the drink. It's smoothed it out. It's brought out the cocoa for me. That's pretty much like it's set everything else like really back. But it's kind of like like the earths and like maybe a little bit of the spice. It's just kind of really melded them together and put them in the back note. But mostly what I'm getting right now is a lot of smooth cocoa and, and like white pepper in the retro. And it's amazing. Yeah, I'd have to concur. Uh, it's gotten very cocoa-y, which is not something I normally think is the predominant flavor in a um, Julius Caesar. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. It's very creamy, too. So we've got more juice pulling it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely so. Yeah. Um, you know the the wood notes that I get from the from the scotch um, do play well with that cocoa flavor. Mm. Um, I think you know it's 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 a very interesting thing. It's almost like to me, it's more like a palate cleansing thing. It's it's a uh, um, the scotch makes the cigar a little bit sweeter at this mm -hmm. point for me mm -hmm. and the cigar makes is pulling out more of those wood notes in the scotch because of the flavor. So it's, to me, it's, would you agree more of a contrasting pairing thing? Yes, but they, it does work remarkably well together. Mm. That was interesting. 
<clears throat> oh, is that Amazon? Shit. <sighs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> well, we all know where Dave's loyalty is right, yeah, now. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope the show doesn't crash while the producer goes to get his package from Amazon. Delivering late this night at the uh, hooks it. Um, I thought it was just a customer wanting to know if we were open. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said no. <laughs> Don't come in, please. Mm. We're recording. So, does it? Do you guys know why uh, Caesar is spelled the way it is on a cigar? C a e s e r as opposed to a r. Isn't that how like, how his name was like spelled? Like his actual name, like because it, it's not spelled after. Isn't Julius Caesar like the person that, like the actual person's name that made the cigar? It's not like Julius Caesar, like historic Julius Caesar, right? Yeah, it's J. C. Newman is Julius Caesar yeah. yes. Newman. Yes. But when he immigrated over here, the name on his immigration papers was spelled incorrectly. Oh, okay. It was spelled with an E R instead of an A R. And so that became his formal name here in in the states. Yep. <laughs> it's all because of a clerical error. <laughs> so if you're wondering why we spelled it the way we did on all of our descriptive uh, sites, it's because uh, that's how it's spelled, E R instead of A R, which my uh, all my all my um, Word document stuff is screaming at me that this is misspelled. <laughs> You've made a mistake. No, I have not. Uh, but it's it's real funny that uh, he he kept it. I'm sure he could have changed it after he got here, whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, he decided to keep it that way. Um, so that's a little bit of an interesting back note there. Um, Do you know why it's called the Opus X? That's a good question. Why is it called the Opus X? Something tells me you have the answer. So I'll give you the. I can explain most of the band itself because oh. most of the stuff on the band. Most of the band is explainable. Yeah. Some of it has not been so, divulged to me. Back when, yet. so when they were uh, making cigars in Dominican, um, Colito and his father, they used Dominican binder and filler, but then they always had different regions wrappers like all oh, the Colon Line Fuentes. Everyone knows it's it's not Dominican wrappers. You know, Ecuadorian Connecticut, you know, etc. So. Um, there was a French enthusiast for cigars. I don't actually know the guy's name, but he went to Colito and said that you're only a, you're not a maker of cigars. You're an assembler of cigars because you haven't made a Dominican Puro. So then at the time it was known that you can't grow wrapper, uh, wrapper quality tobacco in the Dominican. So Colito was like, why not? So then he went out and wanted to do this huge thing and he actually called it um, Operation X from Planet Nine, which references a movie. I don't know the name of the movie, but okay. And then I'm pretty. <laughs> and then the Oliva family actually gave them the Cuban seed that they used, but that's another point. So he ended up making the crop, and then that's why it's called the Opus X. But he was in the dictionary, and it was originally going to be the Opulence, but he was like, that doesn't sound good. So Opus was under that, and then he it sounds like sex, so he liked that. It was like it sounds like sex. So Opus X. And then on the band, Fuente Fuente is him and his father. And the red signifies blood, heart, the fire, which is behind the um, Fuente Fuente is the burning passion. 
and then the little embroidered band on the bottom is the 360 view of Chateau La Fuente. So, wow, fun facts. Those are very fun facts. Have you ever been there? I want to. It's so bad. <laughs> that would be no. Yeah. <laughs> I want to so bad. Maybe when you graduate law school, you can go there for a vacation. Yeah. Do you think he's watching now? Uh, you know, he's pretty good about looking at stuff like this. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure whether him or his daughter is going to probably see this somewhere for sure. Because I know his daughter's really active in the community and she's really big in the brand. So right. she's probably the one that would see it and then refer it. But All right. Well, your your comments there, you know, kind of, you know, are a natural lead into the, the next question here. And that is, you know, there's a lot of mystique about Opus X. And it's this, you know, people look for it. They hunt for it. They beg for it. They pay out the nose for it, for rare stuff or stuff that's been out. You know, if you get stuff on the black market or whatever, you could be paying way big money for some of these cigars. What What's the reason for the mystique behind this cigar and, and brand? I mean, when it comes right down to it, it's a very good Dominican cigar. But what what makes it so sought after i mean why why does nick white hug the boxes when they come in so what what is what is the reason for that kind of love and devotion so why does scott keller have to have opus every day of his life so there's like (laughs) someone can jump in if they want but i mean i I think there's two kinds of opus smokers Me and Scott, for instance, I would consider people that genuinely enjoy Opus. Like, I will do whatever I can to get an Opus. I, I love it. It's it's my cigar. Like, I, there's no other cigar that I smoke that I enjoy like an Opus. That's just me, though. And I'm sure that's Scott, because Scott's even worse than I am. But then there's... It's FOMO, fear of missing out. So, you have a brand that's already limited quantities. It looks different than every other cigar, because the uh, the branding... It's released in a unique way, and everyone's constantly hunting for it. So from my experience, being a fan of Opus that I have been, mm-hmm. a lot of people hear my obsession, and then they see what I'm smoking, and then they instantly want one because they think it's the best thing since sliced bread. And to some people, it's even people who don't even smoke cigars who want to have this you know, fuller-bodied, thing and it's a lot of it is just to say you have one in your humidor or just to have it it just to fit in fear missing out like that that, i think a lot of people that's how it is and i think third party market wise i think a lot of people that are like that are the ones who are selling it and then the people that buy it are typically your fans of it but that's why i think the third party market's the way it is too is because it has that element of it sells even beyond because it's a good cigar it's because it's a trophy or its status or it what, shows what something. makes it a trophy cigar though just because if if you have an opus a lot of people just think it, it's like a status thing like i have the best cigar ever and i'm not going to smoke it but like it's going to stay in my little portable humidor and i'm just going to people are going to know i have it you're just going to carry it around and show it yeah yeah 
Like it's that's and everyone Kinda that like I your your toast across America box that go back to 2006. Well, that's different because <laughs> oh now it's it, it, to me that's like an evolution <laughs> of the brand because it it changes every year and it's different branding. Like to me that's that's different, especially I mean it's it's a good cause, but it's the evolution of that cause to me. Right. right. So that's right. why I like to keep those the way that they are, but. Mm-hmm. When it comes to even Coraline Opus, like that's really what it, you have some genuine fans of it who love it, and that's the ones who you know go through whatever they can to get it. Right. But then you have the other element, which is unfortunately the majority of Opus consumers or keepers is people that Orders. it's like a status thing. Like, oh, look at how much I have. I'm cool. Because like Scott Keller is the best example. He has smoked probably a million times as much Opus as I have. But he doesn't have a closet of it because he smokes it. He doesn't sit on boxes. And he gives that it away. Is what, yeah, and that's what an Opus fan is because he wants someone to enjoy what he enjoys. Right. And he's not just going to keep it like a trophy. Like, for me, I smoke as much as I can of Opus. Like, whenever right. I have a good time to do it. Like, so do you, do you agree? Because I've, 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 when, when we did this Fuente event with Carlito several years ago, I, I talked to a lot of the customers who came, and they came from all over the country to come to this event. And the one of the uh, the underlying common denominator for a lot of these people, who I believe were collectors more than anything else, is that they were getting they were trying to get the opus so that they could put it away for later years. Do you believe that opus is better with age or right out of the box? So, personally. I love it any point because, again, I'm someone that actually loves Opus. Like, it doesn't matter to me. But I know that two to three years out of the box, that first inch, that intensity, and, like, sometimes in the latter um, third of the Opus, it gets a little bit harsh. That smooths out, and you start getting more complexity out of the cigar. But And so I would say, and that's why the... The Lost Cities are usually crops from two to three years prior to the release because mm-hmm. that's considered the pinnacle time to smoke an Opus. But I'm sorry, two to three years? Yep. So I think the box that we have at Twins now, I think that's the it says I think it's either twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. So I I purchased a couple of as I said before, uh Opus Sharks back in two thousand eighteen, one I had that week and one I had the year later, and I significantly saw the uh, flavors really come out in that one year of aging and my belief again is with opus it, it's something that i think needs to be aged to really harness that flavor yeah. that in they... a year of aging it out of the box is essentially two years because every opus even though Coraline cigars are aged a minimum before it leaves a minimum so... of what i know their Coraline can be up to like six months but then the opus can that's be... that's typical yeah. Three to six yeah. months is yeah. typical. Right. Yeah, but it's they, they never rush the product out, though. That's like the whole, like, never rush the hands of time thing. So that's why, right. like, the right. back orders right. happen. You're not going to get it because they're not going to put it right. out. Yep. And then Opus is a minimum of a year, and it could be up to two. Like, they, the, the, that it's a cigar. Yeah, the quality control will smoke one. It's not ready yet, and they'll keep it aging. So the, mm-hmm. it's released when they feel it's ready. So it's, it's going to be at least a year age when you get it out of the box. And then a year in addition to that puts you in that two to three year threshold of the optimal time. Okay. But I mean, I smoke Opus that has like 10 years on it, and it's still a lot of body to it, and it, it's you can still smoke it. It's a very enjoyable cigar, so it's like it's one of those things that if you sit on it, like if you buy a box and you want it to just be strictly for like big events, if that box lasts you 10 years, it's, you're gonna get the enjoyment out of it yeah. in the duration of that 10 years. I, I think Dominican tobacco ages awesome. Yeah, 
I my palate, uh, you know, I'm I'm more of a Nicaraguan or Honduran uh, yeah. person, um, but I I can I can I am willing to concede that some of the best aged cigars I've had have been Dominican blend cigars, Opus being among them. Now, you know, that said, you know there there are two reasons for saving Opus, and one is that you do get garner a lot of complexity by letting them sit for two, three, four, five years, ten years. Um, the other reason, you know, I think a lot of people have stuff that isn't opened is that it's it's almost an investment. Yep. You know that that pay for this cigar or this pack or this box now, and five years from now, you could offer that you know, through some cigar website or, or whatever, and make huge profits back. That's why every year that too, when, yeah, when Prometheus, the brand that does my lighters and everything, they release a big humidor that ranges from like seven to $11,000. And I'm pretty active on the third party market just to kind of see what they're selling for. And like after those humidors are actually released and shipped, Mm -hmm. you see a bunch of those rare cigars on those websites. So people were, make that investment and then they're upsell that to basically pay off or profit off of that. So I think that it isn't because the thing, a cigar is never going to depreciate in value. It's only going, well, within reason, it's only going to increase. Like if you sell a cigar that you claim is two years on it, you can get it maybe easily an extra couple of dollars off of it. Mm. So if you tie your money into something like Opus that has like that genuine fan base and that FOMO fan base, mm-hmm. you're going to probably make, something off of it whether it's you know 300 percent value or you know a few bucks you're going to make your money back plus a little bit so so let me ask a question are you saving any of this stuff as an investment or are you saving it for personal use i or are you saving it because order (laughs) i have two bundles of the pussy juices that are unopened and i have been offered numerous times belligerent amounts of money for those and belligerent I, amounts a lot and i for pussy juice yes and i will not that get sounds rid of like them. sex <laughs> but i won't get rid of it because it goes back to two reasons one i enjoy opus and if there's a hype on it i want to be the one to smoke it and the second thing is the money that i make off of selling that it's going to go straight back to getting more opus what's the point you know what i mean so it, it i it's i have been offered and I, I don't want to profit off of Opus. I, I, whenever someone wants one from me and they offer me money, if, if I think they generally really want to smoke it, I'll just give it to them. I've I, never charged anyone for any of my Fuentes or anything like that in general. I think Pat just likes the attention. I think he likes the fact that someone is clamoring for something that he has. How was that Neo Shark you were talking about, Paul? Well, I, I will. Okay, let's bring that up for a moment here. Because <laughs> Opus isn't the only thing that Fuente makes that is sought after, and the Anejo, True. the Anejos is actually my preferred cigar over the Opus, and the reason being is yes, it is a limited one. Um, I've had so the, is Opus. I, I, yep, so. yep. I've had the Anejos. I've had the uh, Op- the Anejo Sharks. I've had a few of the other sizes, and I actually prefer that Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm a huge Maduro fan, Connecticut Broadleaf, especially soaked in the cognac and wine barrels that they do is just phenomenal. That, do you know, well, I'm sure you do. Do you know the origin of the Anejos? 
Yep. The, I think yes, Paul, I do. <laughs> Let me tell you. It was Hurricane George, yes. I believe, is the name of the hurricane. Jorge is correct. It wiped out the Fuentes crop, and they... It was funny because this, like, this goes back to the J.C. Newman relationship is there were companies that approached J.C. Newman after this hurricane. Well, actually, this is a, no, actually, no, that's the Angel Show story. Never mind. So, yeah, the hurricane wiped out the crop and that's where he went in and had those aged um, broadleaf wrappers and cognac barrels. And they took the binder and filler from the Opus and then they made the NAO for the release that year. Which turned out to be a huge, huge hit. hit. Yeah, it's like one of. In the humidor, especially towards Christmas, like that's one of the more common requests people ask me from this year and last year oh, is yes. when the anejos are coming. Oh up. yes, yep. yep, yes, and that and, and that actually is my favorite fuente, is the anejo. And Pat was very good to me not that long ago to allow me to have an aged anejo shock, which I still Ooh. to this day think is the best cigar I've ever had. Nice. And the reason being is. Before I even smoked it, I took, I, I, I smelled the foot of that cigar, and it reminded me of an old-fashioned cigar shop. The smell mm. that you get when you walk in there, and it's just, it was so intoxicating. But the experience of that cigar, just, again, it, everything is environmental, too. So, I mean, I was outside. It was late summer. It was just a perfect day. But, again, the cigar was just absolutely sublime. That cigar is really good. It's really good. That's my probably my favorite cigar thus far ever. So impressive. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. Well, that is a natural lead into the next question here. <laughs> what has been your favorite? And this is to everybody, even Dave, who's only had like four. Uh, what's been your favorite Opus X cigar? I would say, well, the cigar that we had with Orlando Cabrera, and again, I don't know if this is fair or not because he yeah, he I don't know he, if that's fair either. He he does some aging and with a lot of bourbon and whiskey and and lets them sit for a while in his humidor. But that would be my all time favorite opus. That but, would be my best experience. Correct. With an opus. Yes, but on its own, without any type of infusion or and an aging or whatever. Um, it was a, is it actually, I think we did, I think they put out a box maybe about a year or so ago. It was a five-year Opus uh, Double Corona, which was absolutely phenomenal. That was my favorite one. And again, it, it goes back to my point of aging, the, the Opus mm-hmm. aging. Again, this is a five years. We, we knew when it was, when it came into Twins and when we actually released it, so it was five years from the time we actually received it and before we put it out. So maybe it's six years if you're saying it's about a year before they even bring it out, right? So mm-hmm. maybe six years. But in essence, that aged, that aging time just changed the cigar and it was just fantastic. Do you have a favorite? So I got a... Any cigar with the X is so, my favorite. My friend gave me a a bag of five Opus Coraline Robustos, mm. and I've only had one of them because I again setting. I was on the porch, nice summer day. Mm-hmm. But so I I also do what Orlando does, and I use Zacapa, or I think he uses Crown Royale. 
But so I smoked this cigar that came from my friend. I know that this is just out of the box. You know, it had I think it had like eight years on it, mm-hmm. and nothing was done to it, minus just the aging process. Right. So I smoked it, and I got this really prominent rum cask sweetness. Like it, mm-hmm. I thought there was literally rum in this cigar, and I had a clean palate. And I, it was a complete, that, that was the day that I started loving Opus because I have never had that flavor profile and anything I've smoked in my life. And to this day, I've had almost all of the lines of Opus and that Robusto Coraline was hands down the best one I've ever smoked. Mm. Out of the entire catalog of Opus. Any of them. Like nothing really? matched that cigar. And I need to try whenever we... Maybe on Friday, if we have the Robustos, I don't know what we have or not, but if, if I can ever get a Robusto out of the box, I need to smoke it to see if it, it's if, if that's just the blend or if that's the age on it, because that was just... So you've only had one? Out of that, th- that is my special out cigar. Out of that bag of cigars that your friend gave you? It was that, out of that, I have another batch of Robustos that are newer, like newer as in like three years, so it still has that sweetness, but out of that bag with the eight years on them, yep. it had that sweetness to it. So yep. like, to me, that's my special cigar. Like whenever something happens, I'm smoking it. Yeah. So that. Again, it goes back to my belief that Opus, as good as it is out of the box, gets so much better with aging on it and i you say two to three years is the pinnacle so i i again who do what if you do go I, above it it gets better but i don't yeah. think many people want to sit on a box of opus for like five years well but if you get to two to three years you're going to get that it's going to start the roughness on it's going to start easing out and i think that's it, when if you buy enough of them and again, go back to the to the event we had several years ago. I know you weren't here. I know Dan wasn't here. I was here. <laughs> Someone was here. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, but we, we were we we were talking to people who came from all over the country, and they were telling me they're simply getting what they're getting here so they can put it away for future enjoyment. Mm-hmm. They already have in their stash what they're going to smoke this year. But these people literally were going to spend huge bucks to get what they could so they could put it away and enjoy it down the road. Now, I know people who do that with pipe tobacco. They yep. they literally, they like this particular brand, but only if it's five years old or older. And so they're constantly buying the stuff, but they're only smoking what they bought five years ago. I, I know, you know, there, there's some cigars to me that I, that just doesn't work with. Um I've mm-hmm. talked about it on the show before. Padron's one of those companies that uh, if you age a Padron, in, in my opinion, um, you're, you're missing out. Um, it, it, they're meant to be smoked now. I think they're at their best now. Yeah, I mean, Jose Padron's big philosophy was a cigar should be at its prime when it's being bought off the shelf. So they yeah. do all the aging. Like, you know, like I think the Family Reserve is oh, 10 years aged 10 tobacco. 10 years aged tobacco, yeah. Correct. So it goes back to like my Opus thing. Like 10 years, what I'm smoking is like, to me, like from there, it's only going to probably diminish just mm-hmm. because that's, you know, a long period of time. But, you know, it, it's, it goes back to like the whole aging thing, like 10 years and everything. So like, yeah, Padron gives it to you when that blend is at its peak and that's right. why i agree with you like when you buy a padrone and you wait a couple of years it's going to start it's, gonna, it's yeah it's diminishing returns i've i i um 
you know, have, have tried to do that with some of their rarer, harder to find things. The one I did it the most with was a Padron 1964A. Um, I waited five years to smoke that cigar, and most of the flavor was gone. I, I smoked an A that had 10 years on it, and it, yeah. It was like smoking paper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it just, it get it, smoke it. And that's been one of my things with with Opus. If, if there's a criticism I have, it's that if you really want to get the best that cigar has to offer, you've got to sit on it for two or three years. And when you're paying for a cigar, I want to be able to enjoy it at its peak now. I don't want to get something that if I sit on it, I'm going to get my 20 bucks worth. But if I smoke it now, I'm going to get at least 15 of that 20 that I spent for it. You know what I mean? Can't rush what's, the hands of time, Dan. Well, why don't why don't what's what's the rationale for putting out a cigar that everybody knows you have to sit on it? And, and the same thing could be said of Cubans. Most people who get Cubans I know sit on them for two, three, four, five years before they smoke them because they know they're no good right then. Because hopefully because they, they won't be plugged then. They haven't. They haven't. They haven't <laughs> aged them. Whatever. What What do you say to that? I, I, that's a that's a common thing I hear. So I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm not being a dink. It it goes to just in case you're watching Carlito. I'm not being a dink. I'm it, being it, devil's it, advocate. Okay, <laughs> Pat. I think it just goes to what like tobacconists <laughs> reinforce in general in the trade is experience. You know, like you, you, you laugh, but well, I laugh just because you've said you know you've been smoking cigars for a year. Well, again, well, in, in the fact that I only have a year under my belt and I can refer back to that shows something like that's what it is. Like you're buying experience. And I think people are you're buying experience. You're buying experience. What, what do you mean? What so do you, when someone mean? buys a box of cigars, they already mm. have an expectation for what they want to do with that. So right. if you see a cigar that you really want to enjoy, you're already saying like, you know, I picture myself a few years or a year from now sitting smoking this and this is an expectation i have out of the cigar so that's why like when it comes to like for just because we're talking about the opus like to what i do like i smoked that robusto and i that experience was amazing so mm -hmm. i'm buying this box tomorrow and i'm expecting that experience and i'm waiting for that experience again so it all just goes back to that you know it's experience and that's why like the whole like genuine and fomo opus smokers is you have people that buy it because it's cool Mm -hmm. Well, because they want to make money off of it. And then you have the people that buy it in bulk because of that experience. They're just hungry to have again. So that would be my answer to that. But what about you, Paul? You know, I'm, 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 hmm. I, I kind of, I agree with you, Dan. I, I, I like Opus when I have it. I'm not a, like I said, I've in the past, I'm not a huge Opus fan um, simply because I believe you have to sit on it for a while <laughs> to really harness the flavors. And the few that I've had in the past, and I've only aged one for one year, and I did see the difference. Um, but I, I, I do enjoy them when I do have them, but uh, my, <laughs> my, my palate and my preferences for, for other cigars <laughs> that I can smoke and get great flavor out of the box right there. And again, don't get me wrong. I've I've had Opus, like I talked about, the five-year Double Corona, which was I thought was a phenomenal cigar. And the Anejo, for I don't know how, what year was that again. That was 2012. So, so you're talking there what? You, go. you know, Ten almost years. nine years, yeah. whatever. That 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 was unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. Yeah. And they're great out of the box. The, the Ineos are fantastic out of the box, but it just gets better with age. So I believe that a lot of these, you know, higher-end Fuente cigars, uh, you have to sit on them for a while to really harness those flavors. So Now, that said, my best experience with an Opus, personally, goes back to, like, 1999. It's, like, just around the time like they Like, a were... year after they were released, right? I think it was... Ni- no, 1997 is when they yeah, were released. Yeah, a couple yeah. Of years after yeah, they yeah. were released. Yeah. And I was working at a little taste of Cuba down in uh, Princeton, New Jersey at the time. And uh, we got in uh, uh, our shipment of Opus. It was the store's first first uh, shipment. And I don't remember. I, it was a Corona size. Is that the number four? Am I rem- remembering Is right? Is it a petite Corona or just regular Corona? Regular Corona That's size. Yep. yep. And got the cigar. <laughs> it was amazing. It was Medium plus to full, great flavor. Lots of the leather notes you're talking about. That there's that, you know, almost citrusy zing that you get in Fuente cigars. That was there. Um, woody, cedary, fantastic cigar. I smoked it during my whole shift that evening, and just sipped at it. It was it was fantastic. And let me tell you, by the end of my shift. I was totally stoned. <laughs> I had to sit. I locked the door to the shop and then sat down on the couch and just stared out into space for 30 minutes. It was, that's never happened to me with a cigar other than that. And not that I would want to be like stoned like that again, but that cigar was phenomenal. I've never smoked another Opus that came close to having that kind of effect on me i don't know if that's my own experience with the cigars you know like i've now got more of a nicotine tolerance you know Mm -hmm. compared to then or whether you know the cigars were made stronger and fuller bodied and more flavorful then and not so now i've heard people argue both ways on that well, that was the big thing, too, when Opus came out, was the predominant market was more mild-bodied cigars. And, like, the Opus at the time was, like, this unicorn because it was a full-bodied cigar. And, like, I think, again, this is just me being the Opus fanatic, but I think, like, the Opus X set the market to what it is today. I think that cigar was so unique and, and the, 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 the want for it was so large when it came out. I think that's what opened the doors up for this more fuller body market we're seeing, you know, 24 years later. Because at the time, it was very mild-bodied cigars. Am I wrong? Like, late 1900s? Like, early, like, you know. The, uh, on the market? Yeah, it was typically yeah, most, mild, most medium cigars, cigars. That was right around, I mean, right around that time you had Camacho come out, which yeah. was full-bodied and strong. You had the um, um, La Gloria... The the La, La Gloria de Cuba, right? La Gloria Cubana. La Gloria Cubana. That's thank you for correcting me. The series R. Yes. That was you know very full bodied. Um, uh, the the Avo seventy uh, fifth anniversary came out around then, and that was that was like smoking chili. Oh my God, that cigar was awesome. But that those were the big 
heavy-bodied cigars at the time. Most stuff was more, you know, medium to medium plus. I think the at that time when 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 you know back in the late '90s, early 2000s, I mean, there wasn't even the 1926 series, you know, Padron's top thing was the, the 64, which we all know is a really, you know, nice, medium-bodied, smooth cigar. And that was stronger at the time, which is one of the reasons I think I liked it. It's hard to believe that really in the last 20-plus years, we've only really have enveloped the full-body cigar, the true full-body cigar. Yeah. If you think about it, you're right. I mean, you know, the VSG at one point was the strongest cigar on the market yep. from, from Ashton. Yep. And now, to me, it's, you know, it's a good cigar, but it doesn't come close to a lot of the cigars that we have in the humidor that no, are it's so much. it's straight medium. Correct, right? yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's amazing what we've done in the last 20 years. But now, what... if I were going to say what's what's been my – so that was my favorite opus – that wasn't like touched by some crap. <laughs> Orlando's <laughs> cigar that he crap. that he you know aged with with Crown Royal. That was an amazing cigar. It was really good, really the, good. The best Opus I've had out of the box, without any kind of aging on it, was the Opus <clears throat> Angel Share, um, which is the um, I think the work of art size version of that. Um, you mean the robusto double <clears throat> toe? No, it was it was it was a it was a figurato. It was a figurato. Really? And it was Scott gave one to me. I was going to say, maybe, I maybe personally, you haven't seen. It. I've never seen that before. <laughs> yeah, it was it was amazing. It was it was awesome, and, and uh, great flavor. Wonderful, wonderful cigar. I I enjoyed. I had that with him on the beach at his beach house. It was fantastic. So I have an opus fact for the Angel Share, just because, again, when you go to Twins on Friday, there's going to be an opportunity, I would assume, to maybe get something in that maybe. class of opus. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. So maybe. Maybe, not. The, maybe. I don't, I don't know what we're getting yet. Who knows? But, we'll find but, out Friday. Yeah, but so the Angel Share, obviously, wine enthusiasts know that the Angel Share refers to when you age wine in the barrel some of it evaporates and they call that the angel share because they bless the wine and they sample the wine so i don't i don't have the year but it was i think it was fuente's third fire because they always have these, these fire issues like in their history so a lot of their crop got burnt and just it's gone so and at the time people were actually approaching jc newman because they didn't think that fuente even had the tobacco to keep their deal going mm. But literally, you know, Fuente actually had a bunch of tobacco stored that no one knew about. So the Angel Share is, I believe it's middle primings, and it's supposed to give you the Opus experience without the strength of an Opus X. So it was called the Angel Share because they said that since the tobacco burned, the mm. angels blessed the tobacco because they sampled it. So that was the history of the Angel Share. Mm which is another one of those more rare releases from right, Point Day. Right. Dave, I have not uh, gotten to you yet. What's what's one of your favorite Opus cigars? Well, my my Opus um consumption is limited. <laughs> but it would have it would besides Orlando, which really isn't a you know, isn't really fair. It would have to be also the Angel Share because I was gifted to that by uh, Scott as well. That was really good another uh it was also the uh 
um, Figurado shape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're out there. They're out there. I've never seen it before. They're bad. I like to see it. I've had a few. <laughs> what about what about uh, J.C. Newman? What's what's one of your favorite? Black Diamond. Jay, the the Black Diamond. I yeah that and the Maximus some um, Toro but yeah that Black Diamond that you got me on I think it was just over a month ago that thing mm-hmm. is phenomenal like I that you is, bought the last of the emeralds right I uh, yeah, yeah we had two of the Toros here the emeralds and yep that are you waging those good. no gone already <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm, like I'm it's, glad uh, to know that Pat I'm the, glad to know that yeah like the no, wasn't the Opus and the Maximus used to be regional? Yeah, so the the Maximus was called the West Coast Opus when it was released because it was on the West Coast, and the Opus was East Coast. So that they came out at the same time because it utilizes the same tobacco, which I think the Maximus uses a Sumatra Sun Grown. I might be wrong Correct. on that, but yeah. So different wrapper, but same binder and filler. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're not, if you're time. if you're hungry for Opus and they're not around, look for, a, look for a Diamond Crown Maximus, mm-hmm. the the uh, number four. Uh, which is a Toro size cigar, is my favorite size, followed quickly by the number five, which is a little bit shorter. Um, but both of those are fantastic. And uh, Pat just ashed himself. It's the only right way to let it oh, happen. So I'm still going, dude. I got about two I, and a half inches right here. I have right a here. picture of so <laughs> Scott. Look at that mess you just created. Scott gave me an Anejo shark, and yeah. I have a picture of the entire ash with a I put the band back on. The entire thing was intact still. Mm. So usually the shocks last for I, I think because I'm just hitting it with the lighter too much. Like the ash came off, but mm-hmm. usually these go up until Somehow. the band. No, the construction off. on this has been phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, folks, look at this. I mean, again, it's not an even burn, but it's just about there. But I mean, I got about two and a half inches on this. This is just a phenomenal. That is the phenomenal. slowest I've ever seen you smoke, smoke a cigar. cigar. Yeah, dude, I'm really enjoying this. You know. Knowing this I'm is... enjoying it too, but I'm almost done. Mm-hmm. Well, you're gonna have to slow down, man, because we got, you know. I got another cigar. Well, yeah, but well, we all do. But you know, <laughs> my favorite Newman, yeah, Newman Newman cigar is the actually is the Diamond Crowned Shade Number Two, which is the Churchill size. The Churchill size of the Diamond Crown. Yeah, I've I've had that a couple of times, and I'll tell you, I mean, any any of the any of the shade Maduro's are good too, but the in this in the Diamond Crown, the shade, just a really creamy, smooth cigar. I really think I think it's absolutely creamy, nutty. Yep. I mean, that's I mean, from what you read, they they get an exclusive shade wrapper that only is on that cigar from Fuente. So and it's U.S. grown Connecticut. It's too. U.S. grown Connecticut, correct. And that that cigar is, and I've only had it maybe a handful of times, but that is my favorite Newman cigar. Is the Diamond Crown Shade Number Two. I'm I'm kind of surprised it's not a Maduro. A Maduro. Well, I'm trying to change it up, my friend. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> now introducing Pablo Shade. <laughs> It's not easy. <laughs> yeah. Gotta wear these shades. Um, what about you, Dave? Do you have a favorite uh, JC oh, Newman? There goes mine now. Bunch of ash holes. Yeah, well, yeah. can last forever. Bree would be proud of you both. Yep. Making debris. Making debris. Debris would be proud. Um, honestly, I haven't smoked really a lot of them at all. This is probably like my second. Uh, Julius Caesar ever, yeah. What about Diamond Crown? Same. I, I haven't smoked. What about any. Maximus? Nope. Never smoked them really. What about uh, Black Diamond? Nope. 
All right. Well, you you have your homework now, Dave. No, no you I have, have my homework. homework. You have your homework. Those are all really good, really good cigars. Um, I've been I've been wasting my money on Placencia lately. Do so. you mean uh, La Roma de Cuba? No, I've been smoking a lot of Placencia lately. I mean, La Roma de Cuba, that's like, you know, that might, every that's, day. Every that's, day. That's, your, that's my breakfast. That's your, Sam that's, Adams. that's your Sam Adams every day? That's my Sam Adams, yeah. It's my Sam Adams. It basically just, is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, it's and it's specifically like that because of the price point. It's like you can have that as an everyday cigar because of the price point. So you can't have a Julius. Well, I can't have a Julius Caesar or Maximus or every day. I'd be, you could if you stopped smoking placenta. <laughs> but a placenta. <laughs> Oh, I I don't know. I'm I'm addicted to cocoa. So if there's if there's a lot of cocoa in those, then I'll try them out. Mm. I love cocoa. Well, I you know I, I love the black diamond too. Um, that's a fantastic cigar. Um, probably my favorite J.C. Newman though is is the Julius Caesar Toro. I love that cigar. It's fantastic. The 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 coffee notes a little bit of cocoa in there the wood and uh the creaminess of that cigar it's just fantastic it's a wonderful balanced cigar it, it, you can have it any time of day it's going to go great by the way you mentioned that they started with coffee for the for the fundraiser here either of these would go fantastic with a cup oh, of coffee yeah. this would oh, go yeah. amazing with a cup of coffee i'm mm -hmm. kind of wishing i had a good cup of coffee here because this that would just that would actually be for this cigar would actually be as as great as this is mm -hmm. this is a great pairing but a cup a cup of coffee with this would even be better yeah i could totally see that nice black cup of coffee a would nice be great black with. cup of coffee usually coffee is my pairing with an opus but yeah it, it's it, coffee is just such a great pairing with cigars yeah it, mm -hmm. it i don't know what it is but you know, the coffee, the, the tobacco, it just Both doesn't matter whether it's... Both industries are kind of identical, too. You know, they can only grow in certain regions. You have to, you know, it's all, they all have the same type of, uh, you know, it's like an art. Is there a cigar that you would not have with a cup of coffee? I mean, I... Like, I, can't, I can't think of one. I cannot I'm, think of one either. I think yeah. every cigar would go well with a cup of coffee. Except maybe an acid. Well... But, Tatiana. Okay. Tatiana. All right, Tatiana. that's... Uh, I'm keeping to the natural cigars, gentlemen. Groovy berry. Yeah, no. yeah. See, natural, that does not natural, go well with natural. coffee. Yep. Mm. Non-flavored. Non-flavored. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. right, that's good. Now, what are what are some ways that people can support the uh, Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, Pat? So I know you can go on the website and there's a donation link as well. Um, they that coffee thing that Fuente does is another way that you can donate to them if you buy the coffee. They still make the coffee. Yes, they make the coffee still. Um, have you bought it? I do have it. It's good. I kind of wish we had it for the espresso machine, but you know, it's really good coffee. But um, and then also if you're ever in Vegas, the I think they actually do online sales. I might mm -hmm. be wrong, but but the Vegas shop uh, Casa Fuente. It's all top pricing because every cigar they sell, I think 20% of the proceeds go to that foundation. So they upsell the cigars for that, and then that money gets donated to the foundation. Hmm. Hmm. Um, while we're on the thing of coffee, last Wednesday, I have to tell you, I, I, I needed to like take a day for myself 
and I found myself really needing a good good cup of coffee and I wanted to be able to have it with a cigar shop and I had a virtual meeting I had to attend so I wanted to go to a place where I could attend that meeting without like being so what I did was I drove down to the owl shop in New Haven, Connecticut. Hmm. <laughs> because their coffee is that damn good. How many miles is that? 166. Per one way? One way. Wow. Oh, my God. I drove down to the owl shop, got there, I ordered my coffee, they took the beans, ground them, did a pour over, brought them to me. I had a, a Wise Man Maduro um, Robusto mm. cigar. No, no, that's not no. true. I I changed my mind at the last minute. I got a, a, a Tabernacle Havana Connecticut seed. Oh, there yeah. you go. And I milked that thing for three hours. And enjoyed my coffee, and then drove back, and it was awesome. But that's the kind of, that's the kind of when you know you can get a really good cup of coffee. That's commitment. That's commitment, man. <laughs> we need to get some good coffee in Twins for that freaking machine. Mm-hmm. Coffee that is going to make people say, you know what? I'm going to drive two and a half hours. Well, what coffee Twins. do they serve at the Owl Shop? Their own? Do they have a their own blend, or they get it from another? source they get it from some you know local company like you know twinswood when we finally make our commitment but i i don't i don't know what kind of coffee it is i've never i've never asked which now that i think about it it should have probably probably a good idea it should have but uh then you could have it it, every day dan it is it is it is the best coffee i've ever had it's it's fantastic and you know to go down there have a cup or two enjoy the cigar it snowed while i was down there though it was 40 degrees outside and it was snowing it was freaking ridiculous all right mm. enough about the owl shop we're talking for what they in the charitable foundation <laughs> but uh but coffee but coffee that is the power of coffee mm-hmm. i had to go get a good cup of coffee so I made it a five-hour round trip. I don't think I've ever driven 166 miles one way for anything. a drink, for anything for that matter. Yeah. That would you know, steer me to come back the same day. And I don't know. It was. It was it, I, I I needed to do something crazy. Well, that is it, a little crazy. It was. It was awesome though. It's great. <laughs> it's great. You all should do it with me. It's fantastic. It. It's a great shop. Twins, is the best place there is. But right now, as of today, hopefully not tomorrow, but as of today, that place has the coffee. Wouldn't it be funny if they were like, they just used the whole beans from like Green Mountain or something generic? <laughs> and it was just how they if did I it. Find New out, coffee. If I find out it's an 8 o'clock coffee, I will freaking scream. Folgers. Flavor crystals. Good to the My wife, Mandy, Mandy loves 8 o'clock coffee. And, and I'm like, this isn't coffee. This is like 
uh, I can't drink this. God, it's worse and, than Sanka. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. when, you, when you put it through a $2,000 machine, it makes all the difference. <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and right. you and I have similar tastes in coffee. I like the Pete's. Oh, yeah. you know, Major Me Dickinson's too. is Me one too. of my yes. favorites. Yes, and French roast. For her, that's too, it's too rich. It's it's too full bodied, and I'm just like, oh come on, it's great. You put so much sugar and milk in your that's it's there's no coffee left in there. Come on, <laughs> but uh, I could see myself getting the coffee from the foundation if you tell me it's really good. Yep, yep. I'd say it's yep. really good. Yeah. It's really good. Well, he's a coffee fiend just like we are, so yep. I, I I trust you. I would, I'll go get some. Mm. Yep, I'll have to get some. All right. And it so goes people, to a good cause. Right. Yes. Yep. Right. That's even better. So we, you can give on the website. You can do the coffee. Is there anything else they do, like, on a regular basis, an everyday basis? To my knowledge, I don't believe so. Um, I mean, a lot of, obviously, people have the power of doing their own donation to them, like, if they do their own event. But um, right. I know, like, website, Casa Fuente, if you're in the area, the coffee, and then from there... I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what's Twins doing right now to support this charity? So this Friday, December 17th, from 2 to 7, we will be holding the Toast Across America event. And so you come in, you purchase... The 2021 Toast Across America pack that we have right here. It's going to come with the Opus Shock and the Julius Caesar Shock. Mm-hmm. $50, all of which goes to the charity. Every cent. Every cent. We talked about how the Fuente Newman family covers all administrative costs, which allows all proceeds from these packs to go right to the charity. Um, we're going to have a table set up with Fuente and Newman Cigars and certain limited Opus uh, and other Fuente limited cigars will be available. If you buy the pack for 50 bucks, it will allow you to purchase rare Opus and other Fuente and J.C. Newman Newman limited cigars that will be available for you that day. So that's one way you can come in, support the charity. Support your habit. Yep. And we have a hundred of those packs. We yes. want them all to go. We want them all to go. So, you know, as our way of saying thank you for supporting the charity, we're breaking out the floodgates and putting out some really hard to find rare stuff from the Fuente and Newman families. Nice. Yep. Good and, stuff. And um, we, we want, you know, we want you guys to support this, this cause. It's really, really good. Um, and again, you know, the fact that every single penny of that is going to go to the foundation is, to me, epic. It's awesome. I love that. Yep. Great cause. Mm-hmm. I don't know any other foundation that operates that way. Nope. That, I don't has, know that, has, that has benefactors that themselves cover the administrative costs. I've, I've, being, being a pastor, you know, charity, missions, work, that's, you know, I'm I'm very familiar with a lot of uh, um, groups and and uh, charities charities that that do this kind of stuff. And I this is the first time I've heard of one where s- all the administrative fees are not included in anything in the budget because they're covered by somebody else. 
I've never heard about that. And that that impresses the ever-living bejeebers out of me. It's it's awesome. And I totally give kudos to the Fuente Newman families for doing that. That in and of itself is fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, you ready for a little uh, cigar confession? Oh, cigar confession. We are ready. Okay. I'm often asked what my preferred method of cutting a cigar is. And I'm going to tell you, it's a straight cut double guillotine. That's my preferred method. With his Lotus Jaws. With my Lotus Jaws cutter, which I think is one of the what? best cutters on 15 the 15 years on an age with that, too? For about 15, you said. No, I have not had that cutter for 15 years. I've had it. I've had it for. Uh, I've had it for about three, but um, it's it's still sharp. It's 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 an amazing cutter. Serrated now, one. Here's here's the thing. Cigars were made, designed, in my opinion, to be straight cut. Hmm. I don't believe they were designed to be cut any other way the way the head the cap is put onto the head of the cigar it's meant to be cut with a straight cut cutter i know there are other people who disagree with that i know there are other people who think the v cut is the bomb i know there are people out there who love the bullet cut i can understand the bullet cut to a little extent because it's basically doing the same thing the straight cut does just a different way, which makes a smaller mm-hmm. cut on the cigar. But I am of the belief that if a cigar was meant to be cut in a certain way, that's how you should do it. Hmm. What do you guys think? Uh, Dan, you know me. Um, um, less is more <laughs> with me. Yeah, that's right. So Just a little off the top. Just a little, just off, a the little top. off the top. Just a, a straight cut. Just a little off the top. What do you, what do you talk about? The uh, not the Jewish moil, but the uh, Jewish moil, and then there's jihadist. the jihadist, the jihadist beheading, warhead. Yeah. You know. So yes, I am absolutely on the uh, Jewish moil fan club. Just a little off the top is all you need. I, and it's funny because I, I just a little I, shave off the top. I know there are certain little people, shave. Not only do they like. A V cut, but they want the double V cut. They want the X. Oh, they, they want, want the, the X. X. Do you the, do that? Do you do the X cut on your Opus X oh cigar so that you can see the as, X as all if, the time? As if, one <laughs> is, as if one isn't bad enough, they want to do it twice. Uh, uh, yeah. No, the only the only cigar I do the double X to is the uh, Roman Craft Neanderthal with the flat head, because that is well. You, you get yourself a good you, straight cutter like a Lotus Jaws, no, and you don't you need to worry about it. You just ruin the head. You ruin the head. You ruin the head. No, it's a good, good, never, good cross I've cut never on that. Ruin the head. Good I, cross cut on that. I I can understand why people I drink too do much that. coffee to do a good. Yeah, yeah like, you're like you know it's, shaking. Yes. I drink too much Mountain Dew to do that. I don't drink. Ooh, the sugar and caffeine course to my pain. I actually haven't had a Mount like a Mountain Dew like I can I don't drink it anymore. I don't drink soda anymore. Actually. Congratulations, it's Dave. That's awesome. Water. When did that happen? Coffee and uh, liquor. Liquor. Yeah. Water, coffee, liquor. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's so it. no more soda for you. No more soda. Yeah. Good job. 
Yep. Cut it out. I'm proud of you. I actually got commented the other day, like, Dave, you saw sweet. And all I did was cut out soda. It's amazing, dude, isn't yeah. it? The sugar content of that is so high. You to cut that out, cut it, cut out cream in your coffee. I, I don't use lose cream. Too. I only use yep. uh, uh, like a uh, splash of almond milk, and that's it. Yeah, go if black. anything, go black. Black. Black and is one the sugar. best. One, one sugar. And once a splash you go of black, milk. you don't go you back. Don't go back. Taste the real coffee, man. No, no more Dunkins. Well, I just from the the reason why I do the almond milk is because you get that wonderful almond flavor, which I I uh, I love when I get into a cigar. So it kind of brings out the woodiness and the, the leathers and the cigar more. So that's why that's why I like the almond. That black coffee's it. That's it for me. I'm 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 a black coffee guy. I know you're a black coffee guy too. So, yeah. I you know, but once I I. I was literally told once, you know, that uh, if I cut out the cream and sugar in my coffee, yes. I could lose 20 pounds in a year just by doing that. I don't know that I lost any weight, but now I can't drink coffee that has cream and sugar in it. I have to have it black. It's just, uh, you know, I, I got used to that, and um, I, I can't go back. You know, uh, the the only exception to that is the, is the occasional um, – Mocha? Cappuccino or, you know, which is made with that kind of a thing, you know. But uh, even so, I, I like the straight, the straight, uh, um, oh, what's the name of the shot called? Give me, give me the name. The coffee shot. espresso? The, the espresso, yeah. I, I, I enjoy a straight black espresso. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Wakes you right up. Mm -hmm. mm. Very good. All right, so Dave, are you do you do cut any other way other than with a Neanderthal? Um, pretty much just straight. Yep, because after we had that conversation, it was a few years ago mm -hmm. about you know the cigars not being made for it. I kind of thought about it, and I really tried to perfect my straight cut, and uh, uh, I like it now. It's my preferred cut, except with. You know, some exceptions. Except with some exceptions. Like the Neanderthal. Like the Neanderthal. What's another exception? Um, like there are some there are some uh, perfectos that I'll, I'll use the V-cut on, but not all of them. It depends. It, they have to be... So if like a perfecto has a, like a really roundish kind of point to it, mm -hmm. um, instead of pointy, I'll use, I'll use a V-cut. But generally you know that's few and far between obviously so but generally it's just a straight cut and i do it uh, with perfectos at an angle like i did with the uh shark here hmm. what about you pat straight cut straight cut with the opus x prometheus <laughs> guillotine is it yeah. a double guillotine yep i also use a double guillotine paul you like a double guillotine no yes double guillotine that's all i need that's all i ever use never see me be cut see me v cut just shoot me okay <laughs> <laughs> um how about a would you rather question to kind of round off the the sure. night's conversation you know would you rather here we go would you rather have a fully stocked snack bar mm. or a limitless coffee machine oh. oh dan you stink that is horrible i know what i'd say Limitless, Limitless coffee. coffee machine. 
Yeah. Two limitless coffee machines. Yep. That's what I want. And I don't. Dave wants that but too. But snacks. Oh. That's sound, a... <laughs> you totally sounded like Sid the Sloth. But snacks. But snacks. Snacks. With the lateral lisp. <laughs> oh, man. That's a hard question for me, man. I don't know. Because I can sip a coffee, like this this one, co- like an extra large coffee. I can sip that, like, all day. But to have a nice snack bar? Wow. I don't know, man. I, I'm going with snack bar. Yeah. I can I can nurse a coffee, but snacks having a having a good snack bar with good snacks that's 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 a hard choice, man. I mean, think about it. There's that's a why... lot of different type of snacks, man. Pat, the coffee machine, coffee machine, limitless coffee, limitless coffee. Yep, limitless coffee only available until ten a.m. I don't I don't drink coffee past nine ten a.m. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, what good is it? Limitless coffee machine. Well, I can, I can I mean, drink can a lot get... between five and nine. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, nothing, nothing is better when I get up in the morning. I get up around 530 in the morning, and I, I can smell <laughs> smell okay. that coffee machine. 530? Jeez. I, we, oh. we, we live in a third. We have a three-floor townhouse. Six is pushing it. Three-floor townhouse. We, we, our, our master bedroom's on the third floor. The, obviously, the kitchen's the first, and I can smell that coffee machine brewing at mm. 5.30 in the morning because mm. I set it up every night, mm-hmm. and I can just smell it. I'm like, oh, my God. Can't wait to get down to that first floor and have that first cup of coffee. Oh, I just got a Keurig. I just want it now. Yeah, I well, wait no, you, no, 20 you, minutes you, for a No, no, no. You just you have a timer. You get a coffee machine that has a timer. You set yeah, it up. I have to remember to set it. Well, Dave, then that's a, that's a memory issue. So you you guys, just need yeah, to work no. on your memory. So all I got to do all is right? pop a pot in there, go to no. the bathroom when I wake up, and when I come out, there's fresh coffee in my cup, and I'm ready to go. You're, you're, you're the snack and, bar and guy. That way, okay, it, just know. just choose snack bar as your choice. Okay, forget coffee. Snacks, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. though, Paul. Come on. Oh. No, coffee. Yeah. Our yep. first cup of coffee is the best. It's the most important. Yes. Yes. Most That's all I need. Thing in the world. Yep. Well, I'll, I'll never have a snack bar at home. So, you know, if the limits in coffee was at home, there you go. But if I'm at work, I'll choose the snack bar. Mm. Absolutely. Three coffees, one snack. Oh. Yes. Mm-hmm. But any snack. I mean, think about it. There's a lot of really good snacky stuff. Are we talking like cheese and crackers? Like, what if you could have like the world's best Gouda? You know, I'm sorry, but I would choose that over coffee any day. Jeez, man. Think about that, Paul. How many vending machines do you see with... You didn't say vending machine. You said snack bar. And so I'm seeing... I'm envisioning this table with just, like, this glorious amount of snacks. I think Dan's referring to, like, like, like bags of Cheetos and Doritos and, you know... Well, be more specific, man, because if that's what you're talking about, I would choose the coffee. But if it's like this laid out presentation of like the world's best snacks and cheeses and and like you it know. doesn't say that it says fully the question is a fully stocked snack bar yeah exactly. it doesn't say whether it's the world's best cheese that's fully or stocked. bags of Doritos it just says fully stocked snack bar mm. would you rather have a fully stocked snack bar with whatever snacks it might be I'm picturing like a movie theater or snack bar. A limitless coffee machine. 
I don't know. I need I need a better definition of the snack bar. Yeah. Because if it's just like bags of pre-processed crap, then I would just pick the coffee. I don't know. I That's think why I picture pick a snack. If it was an odor bar, I'd think of like finger food, cheeses. Finger food, like cheese. That. Like, you know, yeah. Snack bar was snacks. like movie theater status. Snack bar. <sighs> what did you think of your opus? Perfect. <laughs> I love it. It's, um... So the shark factor definitely. The shark yes. factor. This is smiling all day. This is this is good. So I, I do enjoy going. the yeah. sharks. My very giddy. <laughs> very giddy. So <laughs> perfect. Why is it perfect? What makes it perfect? It, it just goes to like the the, the point snack. I made before is just the flavors that come out of the cigar is just exactly what I like in cigars. Mm-hmm. So like you know like that signature like leather flavor. That caramel, which I would say is like that rum cast sweetness, spice. the baked, the spices, the earthy notes, and it's just blended very well. It's always, I've never had a poorly constructed opus, like never been a problem with me. It's just whenever you light it up, you're getting exactly what you're looking for. So. Yeah, I would have to agree too. I think this construction wise has been spot on. You know, I've only had to relight it just once after it. Ashed and fell on, <laughs> fell on my table here. But in any event, um, I actually picked up a little bit of a toasted almond flavor mm. um, towards I the end here. Uh, got the caramel, got the leather, got the spice, just really super smooth. But that little toasted almond flavor I've been getting the last few minutes has just been an additional bonus. So, yeah, no, this has been phenomenal cigar. And the pairing has been mm. just awesome. I think it's funny how, like, you know, the three of us are like almost done, and you've only gone halfway, Paul. Well, I'm taking my time tonight, Dave. You know, just enjoying the company and the talk, and uh, you know, the fact that we can actually smoke these rare cigars. Dave, what do you think about the Julius Caesar Shark? Um, I'm very impressed with it, and it really makes me want to branch out a little bit and try a little bit more of the Julius Caesar and the Maximus and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know. Instead of like the opus, uh, instead of not the opus, but the instead of the Roman Cuba, well, no, that won't change. But instead of the placentia, I'll you know, I'll I'll move over and dabble. Yes, yeah, okay, dabble. Yep, I love how smooth it is. I love how creamy it is. I love um, that mild white pepper and the retro retro hail. The metro hail. The metro hail. Yeah, and the. The earth and leathers that are in the background there. I just, you know, I I can, I really groove with how creamy it is, but the cream, the creaminess with the other flavors that are just focused with it, uh, it's very, it's really well done. Mm. I'm actually as I'm in the cocoa getting into the nubbiness of the cigar here, um, the the final third, those coffee notes that I was normally expecting in in the cigar are coming back and that you know the cocoa is still there but i'm getting more of those coffee notes and that's been fantastic with the uh, scotch as well um it's burned very well it's been a great cigar really enjoy it um i know i'm gonna enjoy the opus Mm. just don't undercount the julius caesar shark that's in there too it's a fantastic cigar Mm -hmm. and uh, definitely worth your your time and and money um 
Now, next week on Not Just Blowing Smoke, we're going to be having our Christmas episode. Yay! And we're going to be celebrating Christmas with another J.C. Newman cigar, the Diamond Crown Black Diamond, specifically the uh, Radiant the Radiant Cigar, which is their Robusto. It's fantastic. I can't wait for that. And um, Paul is going to be bringing the Dogfish Head Worldwide Stout. Yes, the uh, this year's Dogfish Head Utopius Barrel-Aged Worldwide Stout. Wow, that's a long name. It's uh, kind of a so, very sought-after stout. Uh, we don't have it here in New Hampshire for various reasons. Um, I had to get a uh, a family member to bring me some from another state, so we will have it here next week. Nice, thank you, Paul. That's that was very cool. Be, that's going to be excellent. Yeah. And uh, you know, we're it's Christmas, so we're smoking good stuff. The Diamond Crown Black Diamond, and we're going to be smoking something out of my own personal uh, humidor, the Ooh. Esoterica Stonehaven. Nice. Wow, that's nice. well. Both of you are being so great, giving. That's awesome. Great uh, tobacco. It is there. a season of giving, Dave. It's it is season <laughs> of giving. Yes, <laughs> and um, that's going to be great. I don't know if that beer. We'll, we'll need to come up with. Something we'll have to come up with a second pairing for that. We'll figure something a, out. That's a little bit. Uh, oh yes. Milder than the Black Diamond, uh, but next week we're also going to be joined by our good friend and popular guest, Tequila Talia. Yeah. And assuming that she's, you know, up to snuff as yep. far as her health goes. She's mm. been struggling for a while. We're still praying for her and everything, but looks like she's going to be here. Yeah. And I'm very excited about it. So thanks for being with us. We hope we see you Friday at the Toast Across America Before you event. cut out, I do think we should make a point to mention, and we should thank Twins for making a $200 donation to the foundation on behalf of the podcast. We can sit here and talk about the foundation today. Absolutely. Excellent point. Yes. Excellent point. Thank you very much. Mm. It was great. And uh, we're glad that we get the support from uh, the upper echelon of of, uh, guys at Twins and uh, uh, for the belief they have in us and the thankfulness they have for everything that we do. We're very grateful for that recognition. That's a wonderful right. thing. Cheers to twins. Here we go. Cheers to twins for supplying the cigars. And we're glad that all that money is going to this uh, foundation here. So we hope we see you Friday at the Toast Across America event at Twins. It goes from 2 to 7 formally. And um, we'll see you next Monday right here. Don't Miss it. That's not just blowing smoke. You've been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thanks for listening, everybody. And that is not just blowing smoke. Rolling with the top down.